Now, if you would, if you would, I want to ask you to stand as we present to you our pastor, Pastor Rebecca Thompson. Please stand and give her a hand. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You don't have to stand. Sit down, sit down. <laughs> but get your legs stretched. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited to be here because usually we're coming from um, the Lorraine location when we come. So I'm always late for worship. So I'm like, oh, I want to be in there. And so it was really fun to be in here before and getting to say hi to everybody um, in the foyer, most of you. So it's so exciting to be here. Um, and the sunshine, the beautiful sunshine. So I know that like Christmas is, it's not Thanksgiving yet. And so some people are really against doing Christmas trees before Thanksgiving. And really, I used to do it the day after Thanksgiving. But I've been inspired by so many of you posting your trees so early. And so we have our Joshua Kid tree out there. And we have a little video too. So you, and most of you guys know that Joshua Kids is so Christmas close to my heart. Season. So I want to share that. Oh, What's go up, ahead, CNC? Yes. It is the Christmas season and you will be noticing our Joshua Kids giving trees in each of our campuses foyer. So what you need to do is go out to the foyer, grab a tag off of the tree. You'll see listed the ages and the gender, boy or girl, and you'll see the age. So what you'll do is you'll take a tag, buy an age appropriate gift, you will then wrap the present, tape this to the box so we know who it's for, and then you'll return the gift to CNC by December 10th. The gifts will be given out to our Joshua Kids program as well as families in our ministry that have needs for Christmas presents. So this is an amazing opportunity for you to bless somebody this Christmas. Yes, so awesome. And we have on their ages, we don't have actual pictures of the kid or the names, but we match them by ages and it goes all the way up to 17, 18 year olds. So, you know, those big kids need presents too. So if you feel led, go and grab a tag and we've given you some time. Christmas is already coming. So thank you for being a part of that. We had our Joshua Kids um, ministry yesterday in our Lorraine location. It, it, it's just like, I don't know, my heart explodes every time that I'm with them because it's been going on now like 32 years and God's faithfulness to it, like we can't, we can't do it. Like his hand is on it and it's just so, I'm so humbled that we get to be a part of it and, and love these kids. And we have like generations coming now. So, so yesterday there was like, you know, the, the kids of the kids and the kids. So we have like second, some, some of them third generation already of kids that are coming. So it's a blessing to see these kids growing in the Lord and, and growing up in the Lord, but mostly the ones that are discipled and the ones that are brought to church. So it doesn't matter if you're picking them up from our Joshua Kids program, but if you came to church today with a seat in your car, raise your hand. Raise your hand if you had a seat empty in your car. That's probably almost all of us. Fill that seat. <laughs> Fill that seat next week. Bring somebody to church with you. And that is a way that you can disciple. I know a lot of us are so, so busy. But if you have time to just like an extra 20 minutes to pick someone up on the way, you can disciple them all the way there and you disciple them all the way home and you get them, whether it's a kid, get them in kids' church, but bring them with you. Bring them with you. Sometimes I feel the conviction. I look back and I'm like, oh, I got an empty seat there. Look into my room. I got an empty seat there. I need to bring someone with me. So get them to church. Um, but that is not my message today. That was, that was a message from Jesus. He, that was a bonus for you there. <laughs> that was from him. Um, but I want to talk to you today 
about staying hungry, staying hungry for God and how to keep your heart in a place of hunger for him. Because a lot of times, and we, we're in America, I know that we have struggles here too, but we are so blessed here. Like we have so much that we literally, especially think about what's coming, right? Some of you guys have had Friendsgiving already, and so you get so full. I don't think some of us have a place like where we really, really get hungry. Like really, I don't think we really ever get that hungry, you know, where we're just um, can't move and we're just like lethargic or, you know, but I'm talking about physical hunger. But getting hungry for God, staying in a place of hunger is so, so important. So let's pray before we start. Father, I just thank you, God. Thank you for your presence. So humbled by your presence, God. Let us stay in a place of holy reverent fear and awe and wonder of who you are, God, to never take it lightly that you are with us, to never take it lightly that you live in us, God, that you dwell with your people. Father, and before we were even born, you thought we were worthy enough to die for, to give your only son for, so we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence, God. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just open our heart to hear, give us ears to understand, an anointing to understand your word, your wisdom, Father. Fill our heart and our mind, God, to know you more, to experience you, Father, not just know of you, but to experience you. In Jesus' name, amen. So number one, Hunger is the evidence of humility. It will keep you humble. And that is the best place to be, the best place to be, because it's a place of, God, I need you. I need you. I am so desperate for you. Humble is an aim to listen, to respond, and receive with deep conviction to God's loving kindness and to submit to his will. And submit sounds like, oh, I'm a servant. We think, oh, I'm like, you know, oh, I'm serving you, which is a good thing. But sometimes it can be sound, sound like a negative thing. But it is a place of protection under your fathers. You're in a place of protection when you submit to him, you submit to your heavenly father. So hunger will keep me in a place of dependence on him because yesterday's word is not enough. It's not enough. If you woke up today... You woke up this morning, what you read yesterday, the, the presence that you felt yesterday with God, it was so good, it was so beautiful, but you know what? It wasn't enough because most of you are gonna eat today when you go home, right? It's not enough. It wasn't enough that you ate yesterday. You're gonna wake up and you're gonna eat something again today. You're going to eat some food. So spiritually, you've got to stay in a place of hunger for him. I am not good at um, fasting. I'm going to admit that right now. Like, okay, because I'm like an every two hour person. <laughs> There's some people that my husband, Pastor Troy, he'll go like to like two o'clock and I'm like, don't do that, please, for the sake of us all. Please. <laughs> I hope he's watching because I get to get on him when he's not here. It's so fun. <laughs> but for the sake of everyone, right? But I am not good at being, um, I'm not good at being hungry. And so I try to fast. And I'm like, God, help me. I need you. I need you. I need you. But staying hungry before God in the spirit and needing and depending on his word at every moment. Look at Deuteronomy 8, 2 through 3. 
It says, and you shall remember always all the ways which the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness so that he might humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, your mind, whether you would keep his commandments or not. He humbled you and allowed you. Thank you, God. That's a hard place to say thank you. He allowed you to be hungry and fed you with manna, a substance which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. There's so much meat here, but we're going to break it down. So that he might make you understand by personal experience that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. The word made flesh, right? His word made flesh. And so... Not in our own strength. He humbled you and allowed you to be hungry. Thank you, God, for your grace. Thank you for the wilderness. I know the wilderness is painful. Trust me, I am with you. I am with you. It is so painful. But in that place, you are, that is the place where you get to receive from him. And you get to be filled from him. And his will, finally that place of surrender. He could have, they'll look back in, um, this, talking about the Israelites here, and they were in the book of Exodus 16. You can look back at it later. But the Israelites were on their journey out of Egypt, right? They saw a miraculous you know, parting of the Red Sea, and, and God brought them out. But they found themselves in the wilderness. And God allowed them to go on their own, and they did not get fed manna until the 16th day of the second month of their journey. And so they didn't, they walked around and walked around and walked around and was in the wilderness in this dry and hot desert. So when they could no longer provide for themselves, when they finally came to a place of surrender and said, we have nothing left, none of our own resources, we have no food, we don't have a way to get food, we can't go back to Egypt and get food, we can't make our own food, we have nothing but look at where they were. They found themselves in a place of blessing to be able to receive from God. They found themselves in a place where we cannot do it on our own and then they got to see the glory of the Lord. They got to see the glory of the Lord manifest and then God fed them throughout the rest of their journey. So we cannot live by our own bread, church. We can't live by our fleshly desires. We can't live by our flesh. It's not going to work. It doesn't work. We have to live by our spirit. We have to be led by the spirit, by doing the will of God, by every single word. And don't leave him out of any of it. Now, we can't pick and choose, okay? This is hard because I know when the person that gets on your nerves and they're mean to you and they say mean things to you, even your family, they say mean things to you. It's easy, like, you know, the person, oh, I don't have to see them again. God bless you. You were mean to me, but God bless you. And then you can walk away. But what about the people at work and you have to see them again? Or what about at Thanksgiving when you have to go with your family, right? You've got to love them still. You can't pick and choose. We can only live by every word. We can't leave him out of our tithe. We talked about that a little bit ago with our offering. We can't say, I trust you, God. I trust you. I surrender all. I surrender all, right? And then we're like, oh, but not that. Mm -mm. Nope. You can't have my tithe, though. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't pay my bills, God. I'm sorry. I can't do that. What? <laughs> what? He gave everything. You can do this. You can do this. And when you step out in faith and you walk in his promises, you are able to walk in his promises. When you believe him at his word, 
Not just listening, but doing it. You get to experience in that place of surrender. You get to finally experience everything that God has for you. And it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Do you ever just want to like make somebody? You're like, come on, come on, you can do it. Like you're pulling, you can do it. You can do it like a little one-year-old trying to teach him how to walk. Come on. You'll like do anything. You'll put a little toy in their face, put a little treat in their face. Come on, you can do it. That's what God's doing. He's saying, come on, you've got this. You can do it. I'm, I, you can trust me. I'm here. I've got you. You can trust my goodness. You can trust my word. I can do, I will do what I said I will do. I will take care of you when we're in that place of surrender. So hunger keeps me in complete dependency on him. Everything. Ask him how you should think. Ask him how you should respond. Ask him how you should Talk, everything that you do. And number two, remaining hungry is a place of blessing from the Lord. And they, were, they received manna. Manna means what is it? What is it? It's manna from heaven. Stay in a place of what is it, God? What do you want? Every single morning, all throughout the day, what is it, God? I want your bread. I want your word. What is it that you want for me today? What is your will? What is it that you're speaking, Holy Spirit? What are you speaking in this conversation? What are you speaking for over my children? What are you speaking over my husband, over my spouse, over my future spouse? Right? Look for him in those experiences. And in verse 3, I want to look back at this so we can break it down a little bit. It says, he humbled you and allowed you to be hungry and fed you with manna, a substance which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. And I love that part. He's doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing. It's not even what your fathers knew. They experienced God and they experienced his goodness, but it's not even what they experienced. It's a new thing. Every single day, he wants to show you something new so that he might make you understand by personal experience that man does not live by bread alone, but lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Not by bread alone, not by my flesh, but by his will and his way. I have a personal experience with him, his desire for each of us to know, not know of him. There's a lot of people that know of God, but do they know him, right? You know who I am, most of you. If you don't, I'm Pastor Beckham, Pastor Troy's wife. Some of you know my mom and dad, Pastor Lewis, Dr. Lewis and Tina Caton. You know them, right? My sister, my nephew, um, Dion and, and Dominic and Emily. You know all of them, but do you know my favorite color? Do you know what I like to eat? Do you know what I don't like to eat? God wants, he wants you to know his favorite color. He wants you to know what he loves, what he doesn't like, what hurts his feelings. He wants to know all of that about you and you about him. So not just know of him, but know him. Experience him in every single detail of your life. So hunger is a place of blessing from the Lord. And when I have none of my own resources left, my will is finally out of the way. It's out of the way. Look out. Now I can have manna from heaven. Now I'm in a place to say, what is it, God? Get me out of the way. What is it that you want? That's hard to do. That's not easy. I'm standing up here saying it, and you can write it down. But now when you have to actually go into that scenario, 
that is hard. <laughs> so we can say it now, but I want you to, to take it and try it. You can do it. You can do it. So Matthew 5, 6, it says, Blessed, joyful, nourished by God's goodness are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Those who actively seek right standing with God, for they will be completely satisfied. Nothing else can satisfy like God. Nothing else can satisfy. He's just waiting to give you manna from heaven. Have you guys ever watched? um, I'm in like, well, if you've ever watched a little kid try to put on their socks and shoes, like a toddler, you know, they're learning. It's the most painful thing, especially if you're in a hurry. Because if our little boy, Masi, like, if you're, well, I was kind of like that too, so I can't really talk that bad about him. But like, the, you know, the toe of the sock, the line on the top, it has to be completely lined up with the toes. Are you guys like that? And if it's twisted to the side, you're like, oh, I got to fix my sock. It's driving me crazy. And you can feel the little line in your shoe. So annoying, right? And so, you know how long sometimes it takes to put on socks? I'm like, oh, good Lord. I know he needs to learn this, but I got to (laughs) go. And so I'll like put it on, and it'll take it back off, and then I'll put it on and twist it. And then it's inside out because they pull it off the wrong way. And then he's like, what's wrong, my sock? I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just want to do it. Right? We just want to do it for him. And sometimes that's the Holy Spirit's like, come on. No, he's so patient with us. So he's, his mercy and his goodness is like, he's just waiting. You'll get it. You'll get it. Right? You'll get it. It's okay. You got this. Because he wants us to depend on him and grow up in him and grow up and understand. And finally, just surrender. Okay, God, I need help. <laughs> Your kids are like, I just need help. Put it on. And in that place, he can finally help us. But God wants to be in every detail of our life, every single detail. So it was about two years, it's actually about two years ago this month, which is really hard. Has anybody ever tried to go on a diet before the holidays? That's not an easy time because you're like, no, 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 no. I'm going to enjoy this Thanksgiving and Christmas. I'm going to do this January 1, right? New Year's resolution. Woo! All the gyms get their money on January 1. (laughs) And so it was about this this time two years ago. And I've called myself healthy most of my life, you know. But mm, let me tell you, everything is spiritual. We are spirit, soul, and body. We are made in the image of our Father. We are not supposed to separate anything, church, okay? Nothing. Nothing at all. And so... Holy Spirit convicted me and said, listen, you need to be healthy, and you need to be healthy for you, and you need to be healthy all, everything, spirit, soul, and body. So I said, okay, okay, I'm going to do this. And our, our amazing Pastor Sue Jordan in our Avon Lake, she's a connection pastor there, so if you know her, she does a Live It Well program. And I already knew her program. I'm like, I already know this. I'm going to just do this with pressures just to do it with her. I already know how to do this. I'm, okay, I'm just going to say, watch the classes with her. I don't really need this. I, I got this. And so Holy Spirit's like, no. You're not going to just do this. You're going to actually really do it, like really apply it. And so when I started to apply it, I realized that I was not very healthy. <laughs> I wasn't very healthy. And so I noticed that after, after I finally got healthier, I noticed that like getting the different oils and junk and all that stuff out, I was really able to see when I would eat something unhealthy, how bad it would affect my body. I'm like, ooh, I can't eat that anymore. Ooh, that hurts. But do you know that so much 
of us in the church, in the body of Christ, we are walking around so unhealthy, we don't even know we're unhealthy. Like, we're broken and don't know we're broken. And that's not a good place to be, <laughs> right? But when we can surrender and taste the goodness of God, he slowly shows us and peels away and shows us every time you enter in, every time you get into his presence, every time you get into his word, and every time you're doing, what's your will today, God? He's going to show you more and more and more. He's going to help you. He's going to show you when you have those conversations. You know, in, in kids' church, we, I teach the kids, like, spirit girl and spirit dude. And, you know, we'll, like, use that. Because there's no small Holy Spirit. There, Holy Spirit is so big in your kids, let me tell you. <laughs> as big in your kids as you. They're still learning, but sometimes that's even better because they're so innocent and pure. They're not just kind of ruined by this world yet. But every little thing that's not of God will start to offend your spirit, girl. I'm like, ooh, that conversation hurts. I can't take part in that conversation anymore, right? I can't, I can't watch that show. I can't listen to that. I can't go there anymore. I love those people, but I just can't spend as much time with them like that. They can come to church with me. You'll start to realize the more you spend time with him, the closer you get to him, you're going to start to realize what healthy is, what that healthy relationship with him is. The hungering in your spirit, it will wake you up in the morning. It will not let you sleep. Be like, get up, go. Get in my presence. Get, get, get. Go, go, go. Right? And I have to get up early so that I can be alone <laughs> in his presence. It's okay having your kids in there. And I think it's great. Like, I loved, like, Tommy and Mila were over here worshiping. And just, Mila's nice and still. But, you know, Tommy's wiggling. And, but I'm like, yes, yes. It's great to have them in your presence. Play the worship music. Let them, let them dance. Let them get their toys and make their toys worship. And their Barbies bow down and their army guys bow down and worship God. Let them do that. It's awesome. They're, they're learning to experience God for themselves and worshiping in his presence. But it will wake you up in the morning. It will pull on your heart. You're not going to be able to be the same anymore. You can't share your will with his this one hurts. This one hurts. It gets me. You can't share. You see, he is a jealous God. He's a jealous God. He wants all of you. I want you to picture, like, I can't even, um, well, I'll use Pastor Clarence and, and Karen, Pastor Karen here. Picture sharing your wife with somebody else for the day. That wouldn't fly, would it? Nope. Absolutely not. He said, nope. <laughs> He doesn't want to share you, church. He doesn't want to share you. You're his bride. And when you've given your whole heart to him, he doesn't want to share you. He can't share you. You're not going to share your spouse with somebody for even five minutes. Like, no, that's mine. They belong to me. And we can't share our will or he can't share his will. It, it just doesn't work like that. The relationship is not going to last. It wouldn't last. It wouldn't last. If you're running around sharing each other, it's not going to last. That is gross and weird and a big setup for failure. So a whole lot of those talk shows. I'm going to name them. <laughs> whole lot of that, right? <laughs> I don't even watch TV anymore like that, so I don't know. 
It was going to be a really old one. (laughs) But I don't even recognize that I'm unhealthy until I taste him and have a personal experience with him. Like in Psalm 34, 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see. Get to know your Savior. Get Get in his will. Listen, you don't feed your kids broccoli because you want to you want to torture them right no parents like come eat your broccoli ha 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 payback for keeping me up last night no nobody's doing that if you are i don't know we're going to pray for you but nobody's doing that i know when when i was little like i could not i love broccoli now but i could not stand broccoli like i would i would really start to gag when my mom would make me try to eat i'd be like oh, i can't mom and she would just laugh at me like thank god doesn't laugh, god doesn't laugh at us and I'd have to sit, you know, everybody's playing and you're still sitting at the dinner table and like with the broccoli on your plate. Like, I can't do it. <laughs> and you're trying not to gag and it's just the worst ever. God's not trying to torture you. He knows what's good for you. He knows what you need. He sees your future way beyond you. And he knows. And when you can live in that place of trust and that place of hunger and complete dependence on him, and his manna is fed to you. What is it, God? What do you want? That is the perfect place to be. Now I am blessed. Now I'm walking in a place of blessing. No matter if I'm in the wilderness, wilderness doesn't matter where I am. I am in a place of blessing because I'm with my heavenly father. But sadly, we have a lot of Christians walking around feeding on cotton candy. That's what we're, we're living off of, cotton candy our own fleshly desires, our own will, and we're not powerful. We're not, we're not doing enough. And there's a desperate world dying in our own families. Your kids need you. Do you, let me tell you, your kids are being discipled every single day. They are being discipled. And if they're not being discipled by this word, what you're giving them, they're being discipled by somebody. They're being discipled by something. And so we've got to get stronger. We've got to be ready. We've got to be able to hear Holy Spirit's voice. And when we're so filled with junk, we don't even know we're unhealthy. You don't even know that what they're listening to isn't good for them. No, get it out. If you feel that the little, the little pulling of the Holy Spirit, ooh, that's not good, but oh, I'm going to have to go through that fight with them there. It's not even worth it. Yes, it is. It's worth it. It's worth it. If you've messed up till now, don't even worry about it. God's grace is there. Stop now and do it. (laughs) Stop now and and pull them in and give them the word. And be be that parent. Just be that parent. They'll love you for it later. (laughs) And number three, hunger will keep you from being complacent and satisfied by this world and your own selfish desires. So complacency is self-satisfaction. Being in a place of, eh, I could take care of myself. I'm satisfied. I don't need anything else. Ugh, it's such a yucky place to be. And I'm going to read a little bit for you from the book, the book of Luke 15, 11 through 32. But I want you to um, go home and read the rest of that, this story. It's the parable, the parable of the, um, the prodigal son it's the whole story, but I'm just going to read a little bit to you. Luke 15, 11 through 12 says, Then he said, A certain man had two sons. The younger of them inappropriately said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that falls to me. So he divided the estate between them. 
And I'm going to stop there for a second because this part, this part like really breaks my heart because I'm like, God, where have I done this? Forgive me. Where have I done this? Because we all have. We've all been in this place. And it says, the younger of them inappropriately said to his father. And you know what, church? This part is the saddest to me. Well, one of the, one of the saddest parts because he shouldn't have felt that comfortable in asking how did he get to that place of comfortability, first of all? To feel the audacity, to be that just self filled with myself. Give me what you owe me. The entitled. To feel that irreverent. We were talking about that this morning, right? I know um, Elder Alice was talking about that. To feel that irreverent, to just come into a place where we should be, God, it's holy ground. This is holy ground. You are holy, God. I can't stay away from your word. You tore the veil so that I can come in. Your flesh was ripped so that I could enter in. So to feel that comfortable to say, give me my share of the property now. I don't need to stay here. He was in his flesh. And he'd been in his flesh for a minute. That didn't happen overnight. He didn't wake up and go, you know what? Nope. There was a day he was tired and he just didn't read. And then another day... Yeah, I'll just read my Bible at verse. My streak is going. I'm good. And then there was another day. Mm. We have so much to do. My house is a mess. I'm going to watch online. Stay home today. And I thank God for online. And if you have to stay home, I'm not, I'm not bringing condemnation, church. I'm just trying to give you broccoli because I know it's good for you. <laughs> it's hard. Don't gag and get mad, right? <laughs> It's hard. But he didn't, he didn't get there overnight. He didn't get there that night. This happened over and over and over again. And we've got to stop and we've got to notice what's happening. And you're the only one that can do it. I can't do it for you. Some of you, yeah, smell like a lot of cotton candy in here, some of you, right? <laughs> but... You're the only one that can do it because he died for you. I didn't. And I'm not condemning you. I love you. I love you. And I want to see you walk in God's goodness. I want to see you walk in his purposes for your life so that when all hell does break loose, you have an anchor and a hope to hold on to. And your kids and the generations after you have something to hold on to because they saw in their parents and their great-grandparents, and their great-grandparents. So he lived comfortably in his father's house, safe, but then he was no longer satisfied. What his father had for him, living under his authority and will, he had become complacent. Thinking, I can satisfy myself, right? And in Luke 15, 13, it says, A few days later, the younger son gathered together everything that he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he wasted his fortune 
in reckless and immoral living. Complacency is dangerous. And we must stay in a place of a need for our Savior, where you're satisfied with your own abilities. He felt like he no longer needed his father's house. He didn't think he needed to be there anymore. But your father's house is the safest place to be, right? It's the safest place to be. When we get unhealthy, we don't even realize that we're unhealthy because our sin and our flesh are in control. I'm good, but that's dangerous. But this is the happy part. This is the happy part that points back to the cross. Number four, hunger releases the capacity for us to dream again. Luke 15, 20 says, so he went and forced himself. I'm like, we're skipping a little here and it didn't go good because you know it wasn't going to. So if you don't know the story, like I said, go back and read it later. So he went and forced himself. I'm one of the citizens of that country who sent him into these fields to feed pigs. He would have gladly eaten the carob pods that the pigs were eating, but they could not satisfy his hunger and no one was giving anything to him. But when he finally came to his senses, see, when he finally got to that place, how many of my father's hired men have more than enough food? Well, I am dying here of hunger. I will get up and go to my father and I will say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Just treat me like one of your hired men. So he got up and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was moved with compassion for him. And he ran and embraced him and kissed him. And I love that part in verse 17, because he was able to dream again. He finally came to his senses. See, because here in verse 17, he's saying this to himself. He's rehearsing. He's imagining what he would say. So your imagination, he's dreaming again. When you can finally come to your senses, Holy Spirit says, wake up, <laughs> wake up. When he got to the end of himself, he said, wake up. And he was able to dream again. This is what I'm going to say to my father on my return. And he was able to surrender. His resources were dead. And that's truly who you are. That was truly who he was. He finally came to himself. Himself, who he was, was a son of God. You are a son and a daughter of the Most High God. That is who you are. So don't let condemnation, don't let your sin, don't let anything keep you away from dreaming again, from imagining again what you will say to your father because we see what happens in 18. While he was a long way off, he, whew, he was moved with compassion. He couldn't wait. He was looking for him. And verse 18, repentance brings restoration. This is the best part. Finally, he was able to be restored. In verse 19, and humbled and in need of a savior, an attitude of the heart. That is an attitude of the heart, being humble. It puts us in a position to receive God's grace in a renewed relationship. Now he's gonna have a renewed relationship with his father. Hunger will push you outside of what seems safe and come home to your father. It keeps you in a, a place of desperate need for a savior. And we've got to stay in that place, church, because there's some of us in here that have been saved forever, right? I don't know. I've, I've been saved for a long time, but I'm not there, and I'll never be there until heaven. And I have to stay in a place of humility like that. 
There's more in this word that I don't know yet. It's so funny in kids' church. I said, we already heard that story. You're going to hear it again. <laughs> there's more. I try to teach them. But there's something in here that I didn't even know. I just read that. This morning I read a part and I'm like, God, I never heard that like that. God, you're so good. And he gives us more and more and more. We've got to stay in a place where we are only satisfied in our Father's house. He has to consume every part of our life, every area of our life. He has to consume our senses, our spirit, right? Our soul, our body, our body, all of us. We're spirit, soul, and body. He should consume every single part of it. You know, when we, there was a time, um, we went to, so Mitchell's is my favorite ice cream. We're mostly, I think it's mostly on the west side, Mitchell's. Anybody know Mitchell's ice cream? You guys, it's so good. It's the best ice cream ever. It's my favorite. And so I haven't had Mitchell's in like two years. Pray for me. I love Mitchell's so, so much. But I know for me, some of you guys can do a little taste and you're done. But I just, I just can't do it. I'm like, nope, not doing it because then I just want like the take-home tub. So the little pint, you know, in the freezers. So Mitchell's is like my favorite ice cream. But one time we were, um, we were at Mitchell's with some friends. It was a few years ago. And they do really good with their line. They keep it moving. But you get that one person in front of you and they're like, you know what? Can I taste the butter pecan? That's so good. Mm, no, no, no. Can I taste the strawberry? Can I taste the, the Reese's? Can I taste them? We're like, oh my gosh. You just... You just had a whole ice cream cone for free. Like, get out of here. <laughs> ah. But you know what? We cannot get enough of Jesus. That's what he's saying. He says, come and taste and see that I am good. Come and taste and see. You will get every single part of me. Taste my healing. Taste my love. Taste me when, when you're lonely. When you need Right? In a place of desperation, taste and see that I am good. I will supply everything that you need. I can help you with all of those places of your life. Allow him to consume every area of your life. He's not going to make you. It's like watching that little toddler painfully try to put on that sock. Right? He's not going to make you. He loves you too much. He did too much on the cross. He doesn't want to force it on you. You don't want to, I'm not going to force you to love me. That's not love. That's abuse. That's, that's crazy, right? He loves you too much. He gave you a free will because he wants you to taste and see that he is good. He wants you to love him back for yourself, how much he loves you. But we've got to submit to him. Not my will, but yours, God. And in closing, in Luke 15, 20, just looking back, at, just referring back to that verse, even if you're a long way off today, this is the good part, church. Even if you're a long way off, even if you feel like I'm just a little bit off, get back on now. Even if you feel like you know what, just even that conversation I had earlier, even the thoughts in my mind I had earlier, just feels yucky inside. Don't let it last a second. Don't let it. Not even a moment. Just quickly. God, I'm sorry. That, I don't like that. I didn't like that feeling. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm giving it to you. I got to do it all day long most of the time. 
all day long, God, check me. Holy Spirit, check me. Show me where I'm wrong. Show me where I didn't submit to you. Show me where I should have followed your will. I'm following my own. I don't want to be in that place, not for a second. I want to be in a submission, a safe place under my Father's covering. So in that moment that you even start to come back, your Father's looking. He's waiting. There they are. Is he there? Is she there? I see her. And he's moved with compassion for you. Don't let condemnation, oh, I can't stand that saying, I'm going to get right, then I'm going to come to church. We've all heard that, right? I'm like, come on, that's the dumbest thing ever. Like, you can do something. We, didn't, we can't do anything. We're just a breath. <gasps> My mom used to say that to me all the time when I was little. I'm like, that's so depressing, mom. Don't say that. <laughs> like, a breath. <sighs> and then we're gone. I'm like, but I know what she means now. <laughs> just a, life is a breath. It's so fast, right? We've got to just hold on to him. We can't do it anyway. You can't do it. I can't do it. We're not good enough. You'll never be good enough. Just give it up. Just be who you are, who God made you to be. In a place of surrender, God, I want your manna. Nothing will satisfy but what your manna is. Your bread from heaven, what is it? Manna means what is it? What is it, God, that you want from me today? How do you want me to raise my kids? How do you want me to talk to my spouse? How do you want me to pray for my friend? How do you want me to pray for my neighbor? Do you know, gosh, you guys, every person that you look at is going through something. Every person. They're going through so much and you have the answer. You have the answer inside of you. We've got to put the cotton candy down. And we've got to be ready to walk in the spirit and not in our flesh. And that broccoli's not to torture you. It's because he loves you so much. So I want you to stand with me now. Let's stand up as we close in prayer. I want to have two parts to my prayer. But first, I just want to pray for the body of Christ to be in a place of hunger, to stay in a place of hunger in desperate need of their Savior. So I want you to lift your hands with me. Lift them up like this. And my prayer for you today is that God will give you a grace, a divinely given ability for what you've never hungered for before. God, we thank you for your grace. Put the deepest hunger in your people now, Father. God, that the way that we thought we already knew you, that we have no idea what you have planned for us, your church, your bride. Father, give us a deep, deep desire to know your will and that nothing will satisfy Absolutely nothing will satisfy, Father, but your word, your goodness, your presence, your spirit within us, Father. Put a burning desire, a burning passion in our heart to know you more, to teach our kids, to show the love of Jesus to people around us, God. 
Father, a hunger so strong that it will pull on heaven, that lives will become changed, that atmospheres will change around you, church. I just pray right now that every room that you walk in, when you walk in your home, when you walk in your workplace, that atmospheres will change because of the hunger of Jesus, the hunger of God's spirit that is in your life, that is in your heart, that you desire him above anything else that you pull on heaven, Father. Our desire is to make heaven crowded. Thank you, Jesus. Now I wanna pray right now, and, and church, pray with us that any person that is watching online or any person in this room that does not know their Savior, that they will come to know their Savior today. He loves you so much, he's been waiting. He's been looking, he's standing at the road looking. Are you coming today? I've been waiting for you, and I don't wanna share you. I feel like that's what he's speaking to his bride. I don't want to share you. If you could just come and taste and see how good I am. You don't have to be in pain anymore. You don't have to be alone anymore. So pray this prayer in your heart. Jesus, I surrender all to you. Come into my heart, Lord. Be the Lord of my life. I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart that you are Lord, that you are my savior. You are my God, my redeemer, my everything. I wanna live for you every day of my life, Jesus. I wanna know you. I don't wanna know of you, God. I wanna know your favorite color. I wanna know what makes you happy. I wanna know what breaks your heart. I want to walk with you. I don't want to leave your side. Not for one minute, Jesus. Come into my heart, Lord. Holy Spirit, be my helper. Be my comforter. Be my guide. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Now church, if you need prayer, the altars are open. I know it's getting late and the Steelers and the Browns are playing. You could come pray for them. <laughs> but if you need prayer, we have so many um, elders and pastors that love you, that wanna pray with you, that wanna bless you. So if you need prayer, come up. Come to church next week with a full car. <laughs> And if you can meet with us on Wednesday night in our Lorraine location, come on out. If you can't, join us online. Get your kids to DSM on Thursday night. Well, not this Thursday because it's Thanksgiving. Next Thursday. <laughs> but live right, love everybody, and pray hard. We love you and we bless you.